Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 38. In today's episode, I interview food expert Josh Rubin. Be sure to stick around to learn why Josh's favorite supplement is food, as well as what he is both scared and excited about with the future of health. Alrighty, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And online today, I have Josh Rubin of East West Healing. And Josh, I want you to go ahead. Uh, first question I ask everybody here is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Oh, boy. <laughs> 10 sentences. I'm a talker. That's a tough hey, one. That's all right. I mean, about, uh, like, I'll keep it Yeah. I was raised in a quote-unquote healthy household, you know, back in the day, I mean, we didn't really have Coke in our house or sugar cereals. We ate our meals at home. We didn't really eat out much. And that led me to, you know, kind of bodybuild, um, leading me to um, wanting to go to school for something health-related and eventually getting into occupational therapy and eventually personal training and kind of, you know, just leading me towards where I am today. So it's all it's all been a journey, but it's all been within the health realm and everything I've done has led me to the next step per se, you know, um, whether it's a personal training certification led me to nutrition and nutrition certification led me to functional medicine, et cetera, et cetera. So where would you say that you're at on that journey currently? You know, I have always been a studier and a reader and I feel like I've been in school since I was in kindergarten. Okay. You know, I never stopped. I graduated college. And I was taking certification after certification after certification, more like intense ones, not your general certifications, you know, your five-day workshop type certifications. Um, and then I was teaching for the Czech Institute and traveling. And then I was in Chinese medicine school. And then, you know, I'm in osteopathic school right now in my fifth year. So I'm currently at a point where I feel like I, I don't want to say I know enough, but I feel like I'm, you know, I used to be really addicted to reading and studying and I'm not saying I'm not anymore. I mean, it still interests me, but I kind of defined myself by that. And I've, I'd say in the past year from somewhat, somewhat being burnt out, but somewhat realizing that the more I know doesn't make me a better person. I've kind of um, moved away from overstudying and over reading and really just got back to trying to enjoy life a little more and not feel like I have to read and study all the time. So I'm at a place right now where I'm really comfortable. I don't feel like I need to like, take any more certifications or buy any more books or, or do any of that stuff. 
So then if, like you said, you're more comfortable, like, it sounds like almost a little bit more relaxed. What is it that you like to do? So how do you fill your time now instead of filling your time with all of the reading, with all of the certifications that you were doing? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. At, at first, I was just like, I really saw how attached I was to it because when I was done, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? It's like I was working. <laughs> And, you know, I kind of moved away from exercise and I always exercised, you know, so it's just, of course, running our business a little more and putting more time into the business, working out more and just, you know, trying to just be normal. Even if it's like occasionally watching TV, like just, I don't want to say it's normal, but like not being addicted to like, oh, I have a spare half hour I have to read. Right. Whether it's doing stuff with my wife or even going out to dinner or, you know, I really got away from a lot of that stuff. So. I'm not saying we're like always doing something, but I think just getting back to, you know, working out and, and getting away from those books and, you know, putting more energy into, you know, it's like I was reading the books to help my clients and instead of doing that, I'm putting energy into the business to not only help my clients, but help myself. And I feel like I've learned more uh, doing it that way, you know. So what's on the horizon for your business, either like within the next few months or maybe you have something like planned a year or two out that you're working on right now? Well, our business, I say our because it's me and my wife. You know, right. we do consulting with clients all over the world. We have two online e-courses. We have three e-books, you know, and it's all on our website. But we've kind of rebranded ourselves. And our goal is to really simplify things and educate people because we feel like there's so much confusion on the web. And everyone's turning into a biochemist and endocrinologist and self-diagnosing themselves and we're just trying to simplify it and we have some new programs in the horizon that we want to work on we have a couple actually three great ideas but we're not going to work on them until our program fight fatigue with food and the metabolic blueprint are more um we want to re i don't want to say redo them we want to rebrand them and and tidy them up a little bit because uh, mm -hmm. we've never really marketed them we just made them and put them out there um so we want to kind of shine them up a little bit before we do anything new and get them tight and in better working order. But we do have some programs on the horizon that we feel would be great that kind of parallel our Fight Fatigue with Food program, which is a very simple, applicable program that people can do in the comfort of their own home. Very nice. And that's what we're looking for because, you know, a lot of people can't afford to work with us. So it's a great uh, option. Plus, it just allows you to work with more people then, too. I mean, you can only see, if you can only see one person at a time and you're only working so many hours a day or week, you're only going to touch so many lives. But here, it seems like that's that's a way to go if you really want to have a larger impact on more people then, too. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we have, the interesting thing is we Skype with our phone with all of our clients, which are all over the U.S. and the world. We probably have more clients outside California than in California. Oh, wow. uh, okay. And we can sell with our clients every two weeks. But like you said, we can't work with everyone and there's some people that can't afford us. So the program is a great way to really get the information out there and not only share it, but allow people to get in touch with the work and get in touch with themselves um, that don't have the financial means to work with someone, whether it's us or anyone else one-on-one. -on -one. Now, Josh, you talked like... Uh even doing a little bit more exercise and whatnot. What What does your current movement exercise practice look like right now? You know, I actually do CrossFit. Um, okay. I, you know, there's a lot out there. A lot of people, you know, bash it, of course. And there's a lot of people that love it, of course. But, you know, uh, for me, I taught for the Czech Institute for a long time. And I met a lot of trainers 
whether they were, you know, strict check practitioners or other type of practitioners. You know, I've been an occupational therapist by schooling. You know, I'm, I'm an osteopathic school. I was in Chinese medicine school. And my point is, I met a lot of people in different arenas that were working with people and did forms of exercise that were great and that were horrible. And I think you're going to get that in anything. And I also think when people don't understand something, they tend to uh, poo-poo it. And, you know, for me, that was a big lesson in my life because, yeah, I was one, I bashed it for a long time without truly getting to know what it was about. And when I finally did it, I learned so much about it. And I learned that a lot of the stuff out there was a big lesson for me to not, you know, talk crap about something without fully understanding it. And it's, I love it. It's one of the best forms of exercise for me. I'm not saying it's for everyone. It's like anything, you know, it's not a form of exercise for everyone, but I love it. You know, I I do it. I do it competitively, actually. And it's awesome, you know. So I think it really comes down to finding the right form of exercise for you. Not everyone needs a BOSU or a Swiss ball. Some people might enjoy bodybuilding. If that's what they enjoy, then do it. doesn't mean they're going to be a worse person. They're going to move less and they're going to not be able to pick up luggage any less than anyone else. You know, if someone wants to use body weight movements, which is really big in the industry now, or bands or BOSUs or whatever it is, then go for it. But I like the Olympic lifting and the aspect of CrossFit and it works for me. And I think the key is to not be brainwashed by everyone out there because everyone thinks their form of exercise is the best and everything else is crap. You know, I think it's really important to understand that you have to look at who you are, your history, your health, and really decide what's going to make you happy. Like I had a client I talked to last night. And she's like, I exercise, but I hate it. You know, everyone says they feel good after they do exercise, and I absolutely hate it. And I said, well, what do you want to do? She's like, I just want to go for a walk. I want to go for a hike. I don't want to be in a gym. I'm like, then, then don't. Who says you have to <laughs> exercise? It's like, you don't have to lift weights to exercise. If it's going to make you happier to go for a walk or hike, you know, three or four days a week or even five days a week, then that's what you should do, you know? So for me, it's all about finding what works for you. And CrossFit's for some people and it's not for others. I agree with that, you know, but that's my form of exercise. Beside, you know, when my wife and I maybe go for a hike, I also swim, you know, so I try to mix it up. No, and I think that's great. Like, uh, my my wife actually owns a CrossFit gym, but I've never done CrossFit. (laughs) Like, it's it's not my thing. Uh, I... I support her. I do as much as I can. Like if she wants to go do a competition, I mean anything like that. But I have my setup in the garage, like, and I'm good doing that. That's what I love. It's kind of almost my away time, like, I just to get out there. But also talking about walks, I take my son and my dogs for a walk every single day of the year, no matter yeah. what it's like outside. Because, like you said, I just love to do that. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a great point that you made, though. Is most people think well. I have to get into the gym. I have to have a personal trainer or whatever it may be or do exercise classes. But if that's not your thing and it's not going to make you happy, you can find plenty of other stuff to do. Yeah, I mean, I did bodybuilding from college on up and I just got to a point where it was just so boring for me and I needed something different. I actually stopped working out for a year because I was so bored with it. And of course, along the way, I did a lot of the Swiss ball stuff and I just got, I just got bored with it. I needed more stimulation. I mean, I played hockey my whole life. And I wanted to work out and have that feeling like I played hockey. You know, and I live in California and I played hockey for a couple of years in pickup leagues, but you know, there's not a lot of rinks and I played at eleven thirty at night and that was I go to bed at ten. So it was like 
not really working for you. Yeah. It didn't work for me. Like I couldn't get into it. It's expensive. So where our business was, this guy kept inviting me in and I was like, yeah, I was traveling, I was teaching. And finally, when I resigned from the Czech Institute, I was like, I'm going to go try this because I need, I need to move. And it kicked my ass, but it was like, I love the community aspect of it. People, the movements, it's not always the same. Um, you know, so I've met some of my greatest friends doing it. It's more than just a form of exercise for me. So then I have to ask you, Josh, what's your Fran time? What's my what? What's your Fran time? Oh, um, <laughs> I can tell you in two seconds. I can, I just redid it actually. My but, Fran time, I keep, I log everything. Oh, there I'm you go. A logger. I just redid it. Um, 223. Hey, that's pretty darn good there. I'm I know that's, that's that. one that people use to uh, measure a lot with and that's why I, I know, like, again, any of the people I talk to in CrossFit, it's always like, instead of like, in like a bodybuilding world, like, what's your bench here? It's more like, what's your friend time? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask that, or like, how much can you clean and jerk or snatch? I mean, I know people ask that. I don't, I don't think I hear it as much anymore, but um, it probably depends on the gym you go to, because, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know. No, there's a lot of variance between the CrossFit world, like in, in the gyms even themselves. Yeah, you know, some gyms, that, like our gym is a lot of stay-at-home moms, you know, older population, you know, we don't have a lot of competitive CrossFitters, probably like right. five of us. And then there's some other CrossFit gyms that they're way more competitive, you know. So, yeah, my friend times 223, which is pretty competitive. Now, you say I mean, there's guys that can do something, but that's the only workout they do, and they do it till they perfect it so they can do it the fastest. But if it comes time to do any other workout, they're going to fail. Right, right. Uh, now the one other thing you were talking about, like in your free time, you started watching is uh, a little bit more TV or seeing some TV once in a while. Any shows in particular that you like to watch? You know, for me, it was kind of like a, a way to, you know, and there's a lot of people out there say, oh, TV's bad for you and it's this and it's negative. You know, I just, I find like too many people that try to become healthy, like turn the journey of becoming healthy into something unhealthy, you know, and if you don't want to watch TV, that's fine, but for me, it's like a way to just shut my brain off because my brain never stops. And it's a way to just like laugh, you know. So we watch a lot of different comedy shows, you know, um, like Big Bang Theory and stuff like that. I can't, I mean, I'm not like addicted to any particular show. I mean, for me, some of the most intriguing, which my wife doesn't like, are the, you know, the drug and the gang shows for some reason and the jail shows that are very intriguing to me. It's like a whole nother way of living in society and I know it sounds maybe I don't want to say it sounds ignorant but I find these people to be fascinating they're actually quite intelligent and it'd be interesting if these people could use that intelligence in a positive way how much of an impact that they have on society so I find it really interesting how these people live and function most of them without without education and how intelligent they are yes, so I, oh no, no sorry go ahead please for me those are the shows I enjoy the most my life is always like you must have been like a gang member in your past life or something. <laughs> <laughs> I find it interesting that you say that because I don't really watch those very often, but I do understand what you're saying with that interest and that if, if that focus, that drive was directed a little bit differently, just yeah. look what else it could be doing because certainly some of them are very successful with what they're doing, uh, just even entrepreneurial uh, from that standpoint. But no, that's very true if that were – harnessed a little bit different that could have a big difference on the world even yeah so i mean i just it's intriguing to me watching it not that i advocate what they do but it's like if you can get drugs into a jail you're skilled <laughs> when they get them in you know and the way they deal them so it's just like and the things they make i just find it really intriguing because if they could harness that 
and use that in businesses that invent things or do things would be, be pretty powerful, you know, the impact they have on society, but unfortunately, you know, they're just using it the other way. So those are the types of shows that I like I like to watch on TV. Nice, nice. And I'm with you on the Big Bang Theory. That is one that I do enjoy. I, I, if I'm going to take some time, I want to be laughing while I'm doing it. Yeah, we like that show. <laughs> now, we also talked about a little bit about sleep. Like you said, you like to get to bed before 10 p.m. Do you have a specific nighttime routine or like getting ready for bed uh, that you follow on a daily basis? Uh, you know, not really. Or how about just routines in general? Do you have any like very like rigid routines that you like certain things you always do every single day? Yeah, I'm a pretty routine type person. You know, that's just my nature. Slightly robotic, maybe, but when I eat, how I eat, the days I work out, the days I take off, you know, um, when I stretch and how I recover, you know, those are things I'm pretty regimented about. For me, they're like the foundation to who I am. So if I get my meals, I have energy, I feel good, I can think. I know the days I work out, I know the days I have off so I can recover and stretch. You know, so for me, those are the things that are the most important to me. Of course, you know, my business in between, but by appointment only, so it's a little bit different. You know, usually midday is when I work out, you know, so I guess my food and my, my me time is the stuff I'm most rigid about. Now, talking about uh, just food in general then too, is there any food that uh, you would say is your biggest vice? Like is something that you just enjoy to have once in a while? Uh, I mean, like to quote unquote cheat. Yeah, I, I guess that's what you could call. It. I mean, whatever something that you almost go against the norm on, where it's like, okay, maybe this isn't healthy, but I think it's still healthy for me as long as I'm enjoying it and loving the food that I'm eating. Yeah, we eat pretty clean and pretty regimented. I mean, I like Italian food, mm-hmm. so you know, I'd say once every other week we'll have pasta, um, gluten-free pasta with you know lamb or something. Um, and I tend to overeat the pasta on purpose. It's like if I'm going to have pasta, I'm going to eat a lot of pasta. <laughs> um, I'd say my biggest vice is, you know, we just went there on my birthday. And I'd say it happens like once every couple months, maybe even three to four months. Um, just because when I go, I overeat it. And then I'm just sick and I don't want it anymore. But there's a place here that, that has really good gluten-free pizza. So for me, that would probably go out and have pizza and beer. That to me is just like heaven on earth. I just love it. What kind of toppings here are you getting here, and what kind of beer do you like to pair it with? Actually, we do um, jalapeno, pineapple, and bacon. Okay. Is our favorite. And then beer, we usually get a gluten-free beer. It's uh, Omission, and it's a um, pale ale. So when we kind of go out and want to cheat a little bit, we do that. And I tend to overeat. Well, I easily overeat. I usually don't eat (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm sick and then I don't want to go forever. And then I'm like, I'm craving it again. But yeah, I mean, for me, life's about balance and you don't want to be too strict because then you're going to break it and be non-compliant, you know? So for me, it's about balance. You know, if you're eating healthy, it's okay to quote unquote, if you want to call it cheat here and there, you know, we don't eat perfect. We just eat in a way that works for us. And it's almost like, you know, we eat in a way to create wellness and we create so much wellness that if we do quote unquote cheat or don't get a good night's sleep, we're able to buffer that because we don't do it all the time and we want to enjoy life and not feel like, Oh, I can't have pizza because it's bread. You know, we just say, well, it's not gluten free. Am I, is, am I, am I going to log it and look at my carbs? No, because I know I'm eating a whole gluten free pizza and beer. There's no point. And I know the consequences. I know that I'm not going to feel hundred percent the next day, but I'm willing to do that once every couple months or three months, whenever I feel like having it, because I really enjoy it, and it's something we like to do. 
I think that's a great point for people to take home is like you said, you know what the consequences are going to be, but you also know that you're not going to do this every night or every single right. weekend and just go off the deep end with it. No, right. but you enjoy it when you do it. And that's really going to help you be able to buffer that as well. If you, if you felt bad and just like felt discouraged that you did that, well, that's really not going to help any of the above then uh, getting past that then. Right. So it's all about balance. Yeah, all about balance. I, I agree for sure. Josh, what is something that your friends and family think that you are world-class at? Um, I think a lot of my friends and family think I'm pretty in tune with understanding the human body, you know, and on the work side of it, just because I've studied it so much. And they always say, like, that's all you know, though. Like, if you ask me geography or history, I'll sound like a first grader. But if you ask me something about the human body, I seem pretty intelligent, you know. So I'd say that would have to be the answer. And then I think the other thing is, I don't think this is about myself, but, you know, my family and friends think it. They feel that, you know, when I do something, I tend to go zero or 100. And when I do something, I tend to pick it up really quickly and become really good at it, no matter what it is, like CrossFit, per se. I'll do it, try it out, and then all of a sudden I'm competing and then I'm qualifying for different events. And, you know, so I think picking things up quickly now, is there anything else besides CrossFit that you've also picked up very quickly recently? Um, I, I kind of go through, like, phases. Like, I put 100% into one thing, you know? You know, going to school for osteopathy. Not to say it comes easy to me, but applying that into my practice and adapting in my, into my practice was tough. But, you know, I just kind of, like, adapt and conquer. It's just my personality. It's like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well. Uh, I started swimming again. I haven't swam since probably eighth grade. And, you know, I used to be a competitive swimmer, so I got back into that right away and, you know, did a bunch of swimming and ocean swimming and, you know, feel like I picked that up pretty well again. But, you know, it's just little things. It could be anything, you know. I just tend to pick things up and do it well and understand them. And I just think it's a personality trait that I have. I'm not sure how or why. I'm not saying everything comes easy to me, but I just tend to pick things up pretty quickly. Well, talking about what you're the best in the world at, one thing I think you're very good at is are, are your YouTube videos. Something that I enjoy watching because I just love that it's straightforward. You're telling people how it is. You're not trying to sugarcoat anything. Where do you get, like, so is your inspiration for those, is that coming from clients? Is that coming from just other things that you've seen? What causes you to want to shoot a video? You know, um, I kind of just started doing it to share what I was learning, whether what I was reading, what I was studying from a class that I took. And it's evolved now into... When we do them, or my, you know, my wife helps me come up with ideas, it's almost like things, you know, because we talk to a lot of people, whether they're clients or people that just have interest possibly in working with us, just topics we hear a lot, like people talking about SIBO or Candida, you know, or, oh, I have hypothyroidism and they've never been diagnosed. So it's like catchy topics that we hear people talking about now, because I kind of, like I said, gone away from studying so much and I didn't want to continue to share what I was learning because to some extent I felt like it was helping people and the other extent I felt like it was confusing people. So I wanted to get more towards the things people were talking about versus what I was doing and have found that it's um, it's much more rewarding because it's what people are interested in and we're just giving our thoughts on it. Uh, we're not giving people a solution because everything we do is so individualized but you know, it's not like we put on this big production. I just sit behind my desk and go off the cuff and talk about a subject and share, you know, my thoughts on it. And um, usually give people like a couple things to maybe think about or work on. But 
you know, it's really to get people away from that self-diagnosing, away from that confusion on the web and say, you know, listen, think about it. You know, you're 23 years old. Do you really have hypothyroidism? Let's break it down physiologically and see how the body works. And I'm going to actually explain it so it makes sense as to why you don't have hypothyroidism when you think you do. You know, because everyone is so focused on dysfunction where we tend to say this is how the body works. And if you really understand how the body works, you'll understand a lot of your self-diagnosing actually makes no sense. You know, and a lot of these made up, you know, diagnoses that people have thrown around make no sense. Um, no, I, I, I like that because, like you said, it's just sparking that thought in somebody rather than the, if, if they're going to self-diagnose, they're going to do that anyway. Like there's nothing you're going to do to stop that. But if right. you can educate them as far as, okay, what is really going on with something like hypothyroidism? Well, hopefully they can see recognize that uh, from, like you said, if they're 23 or something like that, they're going to recognize, okay, this is probably not the case or there might be other things going on, but how can I just get myself to function optimally rather than focusing on something negative? Yeah, you know, too many practitioners, in my opinion, are playing doctor and too many people are playing doctor. You know, it's like everyone poo-poo's the medical industry for their philosophy, but then they use supplements in the same way that doctors use medications. Does it make any sense? <laughs> oh, I'm going to use labs, but I'll use supplements. How's that different from Western medicine? And then everyone poo-poo's Western medicine, but you have all these practitioners, and you have all these people that are playing doctor. You know, it's it's like clients say to me, well, I'm, I'm thirsty. I think I have a potassium deficiency. You know, since when are you an endocrinologist and a mineral analysis person? Like, you're thirsty. That's it. You need to drink water. It's that simple. doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Or people will say, well, you know, it's weird. You know, they just attach science too much to their foods. And they like to blame food for everything. And, you know, they start to play doctor with their physiology. And I think it's gone out of control, in my opinion. And I think people need to get away from that. And I think it's, a, it's the web. And it's, it's great to understand the human body. But if you overanalyze everything you're doing, you're going to railroad yourself. And like I said, you take that journey of health and you turn it into an unhealthy journey. You know, that's why we have that term orthorexia. You know, so I think people need to lay off a lot of that stuff. And maybe I contributed to it to some extent, but I think that's why we're trying to simplify things now because too many people are going, well, you know, I'm estrogen dominant and, you know, I know you shouldn't eat fermented foods because it increases estrogen, does this. And it's just like, wow, like, you know, it's about not overeating fermented foods. You can have the fermented foods occasionally. But I think people overthinking things, so it's like they're just they're paralyzed and they don't know what to do or what to eat anymore, you know. So I think people need to take a step back and unlearn to learn and, and you know, that'll actually allow them to move forward on that health journey. Now, on that health journey, is there something like what is what do you feel would be the most important question to ask yourself, whether that be yourself personally or talking with clients like, okay, what is something that they need to ask themselves along that way? Am what I doing, is what I'm doing actually working for me? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> because a lot of people will say, you know, of course they work with us, but they give us a lot of resistance. And, you know, I think that just because a diet worked for someone else or this person wants to put you on a lot of supplements you have to ask yourself, is this gonna is this working for me? That's why there's so many different types of health practitioners. You know, it's you have to find I always tell people, whether you work with me or someone else, I think you need to work with someone. I'm not attached to anyone working with myself. And my wife's the same way, because we're not gonna vibe with everyone in our approach, even though we think it's great for everyone, 
isn't going to vibe with everyone. So I think you have to find out if what you're doing is actually working for you. And if you're not getting results and you're spending a lot of money and you're questioning the process, you know, more than embracing it, then possibly what you're doing is not working for you because you're letting other people control you. You know, you're letting other other belief systems kind of control you instead of thinking for yourself. Now, you had said, like, even just the resistance. Like, is there a common opposition or resistance that you have when working with somebody? Like, something that you'll see that often pops up? Not too often, to be honest with you. Um, because the way we structure things is so individualized. You know, we really try to understand our clients. And we really try to make the process uh, laid out so they are compliant. So there's not a lot of resistance. But... I mean, if I had to pick something, you know, I'd say putting in the work. You know, a lot of people think just because they work with a nutritionist or because they work with a personal trainer that they're actually going to get healthy and they don't have to put in the work. You get out of it what you put into it. So I think that people need to understand that health is a process and that health takes a lot of work. And you can't just say, I'm working with someone or I'm eating healthy, I'm going to be healthy. It takes a lot of fine-tuning a lot of awareness and understanding to get to that point, you know, that you're feeling better. And I think a lot of people put a lot of resistance into that because most health practitioners, you know, tell people what to do or give them supplements and they don't have to step up to the plate where we make our clients step up to the plate. So if there is somebody out there, that, who, who would you most have liked to met or who would you most like to meet currently? This could be somebody in the past. And why is it that you would want to have met them? Who would I want to meet? I would say I'm not really sure. I mean, any historical figure, even that just interests you a lot that you'd want to ask a question to? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm into a lot of like Eastern philosophy stuff. So, like, you know, Lao Tzu or Buddha, you know, you know, meeting them and asking them questions or even just being with them, you know. Yeah. Uh, and learning from them. Other people, like, you know, there's a doctor that we study, Dr. John Lee. Um, he's not alive anymore, but he was kind of the pioneer in the hormonal estrogen dominant industry. And he was someone that we've read and continue to read that had a huge influence that I would love to meet. But of course, he's passed. Same thing with Broda Barnes. Um, you know, on the other side of it, you know, osteopathically, you know, the founder of osteopathy, you know, from the 1800s, it would be interesting to meet him and to see what he experienced in the 1800s trying to introduce osteopathy, which in its true form, to the public back then because it's very esoteric. I can imagine the 1800s you know, <laughs> doing that and, and just seeing the response of people. So that would have been interesting. And then... I'd say that's about it. I mean, if anything else comes to mind, I can, I'll let you know, but yeah, try to think of someone personally, but I can't think of anyone right now. It's an interesting question. Well, here, I'm going to go off of that. And you can, if you, again, if you come up with somebody, but yeah. one person you'd mentioned was, uh, Buddha and JP Sears actually answered the same. He said, Buddha was one of the people he listed, but then we also went off on a little bit on superheroes. So if you could pick one superhero, who would you want to be or what superpower would you want to have if that were different than the superhero? You know, it's interesting. I'm not into that type of stuff. I've never okay. been like a video game superhero type of thing. Um, but recently me and my wife started watching this, I don't know, months and months ago, like different, I don't know what they call Marvel movies, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. 
and we kind of really got into them and <laughs> I don't know why they were just pretty interesting you know like the Batman and the uh what's the one with um Downey Jr. Iron Man. Iron Man um that was a pretty cool movie or series of movies yeah um, I, I agree it, it's funny you said that uh before we got on the call today I was hanging an Iron Man picture, a Captain America picture, and a Thor picture in my son's room. Yeah, and we watched Captain America, the different series, and we watched the Thor series. I don't know if I have a favorite in particular, I mean, because it's so kind of new to me. Um, well, how about would you pick any of their superpowers, or would you want any of their strengths or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, of course, I, I think flying and strength. So I'd say like Thor, because Thor, but Batman and Superman are pretty strong too. But so any of those three, I guess, because they all can fly and they're all pretty strong. I think that's a pretty good combination. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, watching Iron Man too. I mean, it's, it's Iron Man, right? Yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. His suit that was pretty rad. So yeah, I mean, it's a tough answer. I, th I think that was a great answer. No, that's that's definitely given some insight. Like, I've had people answer that. I actually, one of my buddies who was also on the show, he's like, I'm not much into superheroes. Like he said, like you show. But he answered uh, like some one of like the old school WWF wrestlers. Oh yeah, he has a lot of people in the wrestling too. I mean, I don't even know wrestlers, but I'd say superhero wise, flying and, and strength. So have to go with Thor. I like it. Yeah. All right. So Josh, what do you? What is your vision for a healthy future? What do you think health will look like in ten years from now? In a hundred years from now, even. You know, there's a part of me that's excited. There's a part of me that's actually scared. So I feel like it's becoming so bastardized. You know, it's like everyone wanted organic food to be well known and everyone needs to buy organic food. And now that all you have all these, you know, people getting their hands on it, I feel like it's being, you know, watered down and, and bastardized. And, you know, it used to be organic was healthy, but now it's like it's organic. But what are they fed? You know, it's organic. Where is it organic? You know, it's, it's like, is it? free range is it you know natural it's just so many different levels now and it's almost like the cleanest source is getting it from the source you know the local source um so it's a part of me that's excited there's a part of me that's scared because i don't know where it's going i feel like on the web the way it's going is people are just into supplements you know and that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger but i'm hoping for me personally that kind of like what, what happens i notice with like clothing and music is almost like you know we we go through the 60s and the 70s and the hippies and the clothes and then that goes away and then it eventually comes back, you know, the bell bottoms and then it goes away and then it comes back. I'm hoping that people really get back to, like we teach, using food as their supplement and using food as their way of healing and, and nourishing themselves instead of gravitating towards bars and gravitating towards supplements. I'm hoping it, it moves to a place of that versus, you know, taking the easy way out. So is that what you're excited for is like the, the transition to like coming back around or is there something else that you see on the health horizon that you see promise in? Something that I'm excited about on the health horizon. Well, because uh, you said you're a little excited and a little scared like what the future of health may look like. Like what, what part of that? So again, we talked about the scared, but something that you're excited about because I want to go, okay, what else can we look forward to that's a positive way then too? I think, I guess, more and more people are starting to tune into their health and wonder about their health and you know want to use organic food and want to use food you know I talked to a lady last night she's 60 65 you know you know so we're seeing that shift which is exciting you know I think the younger generation it's a little more challenging 
because everything's at their fingertips. But I think more and more people are starting to really tune in and want to get healthy and want to use food. You know, so that's exciting to see. Of course, I think it has to happen more and more with the younger generation. Um, and they need to get away from their microwave stuff and fast food stuff because I think it's just, you know, out of control. People think food is a bar or food is, you know, mashed protein and yams that are mashed into a, a little juice bottle that they can suck down, you know. <laughs> I don't even know what you call those things. But, you know, so it's exciting. I hope people get back to eating food just like our ancestors. But at the same time, you know, I think as we evolve, it's going to become harder and harder um, because of what we're doing to the environment. So Josh, what would you say is the is has been your favorite or best health related purchase that you've made in like the last year or so that's under the price of fifty dollars or that's relatively inexpensive even? I don't really buy anything health related. Like, give me an example. Uh, like, I'm trying are you to think. supplement. Or are you talking about like? I mean, it can be a supplement. It can be. I mean, even if you're doing CrossFit and you just got a pair of wrist wraps or something that you absolutely love. I mean, anything like that. Like, it could go across the board with clothing. It could go to food i mean it could just be a food related purchase something that you've just discovered like you just started eating and you absolutely love it even recently discovered I, you know the one thing that pops in my head but it's not recent it's like we started using it in 2004 is gelatin okay and why would you what what about that why has that been like one of the best choices that you've made uh you know a lot of people it's a great source of protein um, but it's not just protein. It's a very, it's a food. It's a nourishing food that aids in hydrochloric acid production and healing the mucous membranes of the gut and provide your body with a lot of amino acids and non, you know, it doesn't contain tryptophan and cysteine. So it's a non-inflammatory amino acid compared to muscle meats. You know, so it does many things for the body besides just provide it with protein. Um, and we use it daily and it's great for the skin and the nails and the hair, you know, and I feel using it for so long has really helped you know, myself and my wife from a healing perspective and a nourishing perspective. So I think the money we spend on that every month is well worth it, you know. Well, how are it's your a, favorite ways to use it then? Uh, I'm pretty a pretty simple person. So I mix it in with my yogurt on a daily basis. I mix it in with my mid and post-workout, you know, shake that I have. I use it pretty simplistically. You know, sometimes when we make ground lamb, we'll mix it in with ground lamb. We don't get too scientific with it, you know, but you can... There's two types of gelatin. You can use the non-hydrolyzed to make, you know, marshmallows or gummy bears or custards and things like that, which we don't do. But we use the hydrolyzed and we just, you know, it's easily mixed in with different things. And it's a great source of protein, but a great source of nourishing protein. And it's a healing food that we like to use on a daily basis and recommend a lot of people to use. So from a financial purchase perspective, I'd say, you know, that every month is probably money well spent. I agree with you there. I notice... I notice the times when I'm eating especially too much muscle meat uh, as a protein source and I'm not using like my gelatin or collagen uh, and I, I feel like it's actually easier for me to recover like talking about like using it with your workout or like shake or something like that whereas if I'm eating just so much muscle meat uh, yeah I might be able to boost on size a little bit easier if I'm trying to add muscle mass but I just feel bogged down by it a lot where this I feel is just much easier on my digestion and my body as a whole too. Yeah. I agree. So, Josh, I don't want to take up too much of your time here. I know you have a bunch of stuff that you have to get to. So I want to ask a couple last questions here. And one of the last ones is, who would you want to hear on this podcast? And what would you want to ask them or hear them talk about? 
<sighs> Who would I want here on this podcast? Um, I was going to say J.P. Sears, but you already said him. He's a good friend of mine. And obviously, he's a funny character, so he's always someone good to have on a podcast. I'd say maybe I'll give like two or three answers. Um, That's fine. I'd say my wife, just to say you can see a different perspective of who we are in our business because, you know, we do the same thing, but we're very different. Okay. Well, uh-huh. well, okay. Well, what would you want to ask her? Or what would you want to hear her talk about? Uh, just the same things to see, you know, I always say the, the reason we work so well together is because we're so different. Okay. You know, and it's almost like everything she is, I'm not, and everything I am, she's not. So we work very well together. You know, and talking I, about that balance, I, I think that you've talked yeah. about before. It really, it sounds that would be the case then. Yeah. Yeah, at least I think so. You know, so it's when we do summits and we do like next week, we're going to be on this Wellness Hour. It's a TV show. We feel that you know, and when we do different interviews, like we did one with Chris Sandel online, a lot of people enjoy it because they get the different perspectives of how we think. And we can actually tune into a larger audience because I give the science more technical black and white side of it. And she gives the more uh, simplistic side of it, um, an emotional side of it that people can understand as well. So we connect with a lot of people. So she's, you know, definitely someone. Well, then I'll definitely have to get her on here for sure. I, I, I like that idea of seeing both points of view there then too. Yeah. Anyone else that I'd like to see on there and what I would want to ask them? You know, um, it would definitely be a tough interview. <laughs> But, you know, we used to interview Ray Pete yes. only to share the information because we were emailing him and we were like, why don't we just do podcasts? We can ask him questions. We'll learn and everyone else will learn. So it was great. But we're not professional interviewers. We're just doing it to have fun. And I thought about emailing him recently to do another one, but I don't know. I just don't enjoy it because I want him to clarify for people that his way, he doesn't have a nutritional philosophy, right? Mm-hmm say oh, I'm peating or I'm a peterian there's no such thing <laughs> you know he's really into people creating their authentic self that's why he says try this try that he never says do this or do that okay you know? and you know someone wrote an article recently and they said you know and this is what we teach people is to find their own approach based off our philosophy so it's almost like you're creating your own joshing approach or gening approach or nicking approach you're using the philosophy to create your own way of living that works for you and I want him to clarify and let people know that his way of, I guess, so many people out there think his way of eating is just pounding tons of milk, orange juice, and taking tons of supplements. <laughs> and I could be way off, but I know that's not what he's promoting. He just uses those as an example in his research. And I find like people are just going out of control with that. So I'd love to see him on some form of radio show and clarifying that, that it's not just about drinking two quarts of milk and orange juice a day and getting your nutrients from that and taking thyroid hormone all these supplements and think you're just going to live like that. You know, I know that from talking with him and what he eats because that's not how he eats or drinks. So I love clarification on that and that's why we're thinking about doing the radio show, but it's not really worth my time and energy. So it might not be worth yours, but that if I would say I had to pick someone and what I'd ask them, that would be it. I, I, I like that because I, I thought the interviews that you guys did were awesome, but like you said, they, they were centered around a specific topic, so people would only focus on that isolated thing rather than kind of looking at whole, his whole picture probably, and that's where it runs into problems. Like you said, it's more than milk, OJ, and thyroid. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people 
People just take what he says out of context and they run with it. Next thing you know, they're pounding orange juice and milk and taking all these supplements and they think they're eating healthy. And I don't know, that sounds like a crappy way of living to me, you know? So um, I'd love clarification to either say, hey, Josh, you're wrong or everyone else. Let's embrace nutrition a little more and enjoy it and not just drink our meals and eat food. Very good. So Josh, the, the very last question that I ask everybody who comes on the show what is the one non-negotiable health habit you have that you never compromise on? But before you answer that, people are going to have to go in, check out the show notes, see what everything, where everything is, check out you. But where can our listeners find more about you so that we can share with what you're doing, with what you, are, you and Jeannie are doing with the world here? Yeah, you can learn more about myself and my wife and our business as well as download our free ebook on our website, eastwesthealing.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure that's all in the show notes for everybody to check out. And if everybody wants to hear the answer to Josh's question, they're going to have to go over, check out the show notes and see more on eastwesthealing.com. So again, Josh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This is a great, great talk. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to the BareNakedHealthPodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.